When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you to Harry's and ExpressVPN. Let's do it. I can understand now why we got so many requests for that one. I mean, that was old school Guy Ritchie, new school Guy Ritchie, but there was just so many different things. But I loved all the stylistic choices as we always get, uh, the reveals that later come on. Uh, My favorite part of the, at least, I mean, all the acting was phenomenal, but I freaking loved Colin Farrell so much. And Hugh Grant, that was just... One of those roles where, like, I could just close my eyes and listen to him and I would not hear Hugh Grant in any way, shape, or form. Um, but the storyline was so interesting. Uh, I love it, was very easy to follow. And I love just, you know, the I just thought it was really cool. Um, just, you know, trying to the whole thing of just like the whole King theme and all that, but also to like the whole idea of, um, you know, uh, with I believe his name was Michael, where he wanted to buy it for a certain price. Then he hired uh, Dry Eye to drive the price down. And then, you know, the whole the whole way the story was structured with Hugh Grant and, again, the reveals that later came on are just so damn well executed. And I freaking loved it. Uh, I got more to say, but what do you think? I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant film all around. Um Hold on one second, guys. If you're listening to this in Apple or Spotify, oh. we just watched the gentleman. Uh, I just wanted to check out some some things here. Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes is saying it may not win a writer director guy Richie many new converts for those already attuned to the filmmakers brash wink length the gentleman stands tall. I don't know. I feel like this is actually a pretty solid guy Richie introduction yeah. film. I think it's attainable for anybody mm. because the movie is very like it, it's got all the wit of the things you kind of grew up loving with Guy Ritchie because there's like studio I mean it's, it's Miramax one so there's a studio element to it because yeah like the, the films that I saw of Guy Ritchie you know growing up like most people uh, were you know Lockstock Lock and Snatch, Snatch and the films that we watched are not at all like those lately right mm-hmm. in the last few films if, if you're watching Sherlock Holmes watching Aladdin and then watching, uh, you know, Wrath of Man here and Man from Uncle. And while Wrath of Man deals with criminals, it's not, you know, gangster cool. It's you know, it's vendetta and revenge. Whip snap dialogue. Uh, of, uh, this movie, I, I feel like, just had such a, a wonderful blend of personality. Great characters messing with structure and the way how Guy Ritchie likes to mess with structure. Uh, it keeps your mind kind of guessing. You don't realize how invested you are in the characters till they're on the verge of being killed. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, shit, I actually like this guy. I don't want them to die. You know, because that's usually a question that happens to me for films, like how emotionally invested am I in the characters? And a lot of times when I when I find them in positions where they're about to die, you're like, oh, no. And then it feels exciting when they are about to be saved. And it's it's a. And like, like, like Guy Ritchie films of the of before, you know, a deal with criminal gangsters and, and, you know, criminal underworlds. This is the one that deals with a higher class of them, like a higher sophistication mark 
Whereas before it's like kind of like low level gangsters, you know, and, and the mucky, grimy parts, bare knuckle boxing and whatever, you know, thieves. And here, because he's got like probably more of a, of a budget and uh, the experience, you're dealing with like aristocrats and, you know, you're dealing with a whole new class of, of, of characters, yet it still has got, whoa, whoa, Andrew, yet it's still got this like grounded focus uh, throughout with um, a lot of just exciting turns and points because those movies are I, I find them really fun lock stock and snatch mm-hmm. and I, I think they're like in, incredibly entertaining with this one kind of gave me a new kind of tension like those are so stylistically yeah. cool and I love those I really love those two films but here I, I found myself in, engrossed in in the suspense a lot of the time and, and the tension and then the yeah. the 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 unexpected laughs that would that would come out via through the characters and the back and forth. Uh, this felt like a wor- like he built a world here, and I was very surprised by uh, how that world was done because I didn't really know what we were walking into. I kind of expected to feel a little bit more like the the guy Richie that when he first came onto the scene. Um, but it's also like weirdly not as flashy as I thought it might get in terms of just the direction. Mm-hmm. It's more flashy in the writing, you know, whereas I think with stuff like Wrath of Man and Man from Uncle that we watch, it's more flashy in the direction. Mm-hmm. And I think here, like the writing actually speaks a lot more volumes than the direction. Like they're going to run under some like cool, flashy, stylistic direction that are happening throughout. Um, but it's more um, it's more the, the writing of the characters for where sure. a lot of that really uh sings yeah the most to me yeah no I, I i agree i love that dreary suspenseful tone while still creating a fun environment and uh also to uh just piggybacking off what you said with the, the direction um i love how so many of these characters like you know you get this calm uh demeanor from a lot of these characters but like in they can in a split second can just get extremely scary yeah. on a dime um i mean you even said too there was a sequence where you're like we haven't seen a Matthew McConaughey scene where he gets like extremely intense yeah. and frightening and then boom, right then and there. It's like Guy Ritchie was listening to you. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like that uh, when character because I think that's more frightening when characters can seem very calm all throughout, you know, a film. And then in any flash or uh, instance, they can just frighteningly come out uh, of their shell, if you will. Um, so I really appreciated uh, the direction from Guy Ritchie in terms of performances. I really liked uh, the actress who played uh, Matthew McConaughey's wife. Like she was able to, from an actress point of view, she was really able to stand to, uh, you know, on the same toes uh, with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And I just love it for a very masculine movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just love the interactions between them. Like they were just so opposite of each other, but they were also so perfect for each other. Like the King of the jungle and the queen. I just, I loved <laughs> All their interactions there, they were so good. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I think like this is a great crime caper with a, with a, with a fascinating sort of like a bit of a flamboyant touch. I would say, you know what I mean? Yeah, like especially like the Hugh Grant character, the oh the gosh. the Matthew character. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I thought it was excellent. And, and what I what I like too in terms of casting, and Grant, it's like I haven't seen every Colin Farrell role. I haven't seen every, um, well, more so, I haven't seen every Hugh Grant role, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen every Charlie Hunnam role. But usually from the roles I have seen them in, especially Hugh Grant in particular, where even watching him in Man from Uncle, you're like, yeah, it's like more sophisticated Hugh Grant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually Hugh Grant is just uh, Hugh Grant. 
to me. Like I always like watching him. Of I course. always think he's a very charming guy. Yeah. I think I think he's a, a, a star. Uh, but he's usually just Hugh Grant. And here really stepping I, out of his element. He was a character. Like yeah. he was a full-fledged character. And I I loved uh, the way he changes cadence, the voice. It was very believable, sleazy. Um, you know, a, another cunning character here. Like Guy Ritchie's great at, at at illustrating characters who are cunning, but then juxtaposing it with um, a character who I feel like might have gone to like a Vinnie Jones back in the day. Mm, uh, Colin, Colin Farrell, I think, might have been like a Vinnie Jones kind yeah, of character. Yeah, I totally see that. Of this guy who's like, well, yeah, he gets he he rides the line between like you know like the world he inhabits and the, and the street, streets he inhabits have gangs involved. So he will like have to once in a while participate with the gangs, but he himself is not a gangster, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but wanting to be a mentor for the kids as well. I, I, I thought was a really nice, like that whole introduction scene where you just think he's going to like beat the shit out of these kids. And then it just ends with him saying, come by the gym sometime. <laughs> like it's so great. Yeah. And he just had like the funniest lines and the, and Charlie Hunnam, especially too, I thought played, um, uh, he had that kind of like elegance about him, but he's got that loyalty of like a Brad Pitt to George Clooney in the Oceans movies, you know, uh, I, I, that kinship between them. It seems like their bond extends further past. This is just some guy he works for, but the movie doesn't, you know, shine a spotlight too much on that. It's just right. I, I think everyone's camera like to hear that this, this is getting a series. I don't know if it's just in the world of the gentleman, if it's these characters of the yeah. gentleman with new actors. I don't know what they're doing with that series. But I, like I said, I think here he, he did build a world and this world is one that seems like a, a great one to like dabble in. And it is a super, super masculine film, but hell yeah, man, I'm yeah. here for the super and masculine. I'm, Kai Ritchie never really yeah. makes a movie where it's a. And I'm know. super appreciative of the fact like that he can subvert our expectations so much. And again, it's not subverting just to subvert, but he does it in a way that's very satisfactory and it services the story and the characters. And it's just so well executed when he does it. And it's to the point too, when you can rewatch these movies and go, ah, okay. Like you can pick up on things. Um, And also too, I got to give Matthew McConaughey props that monologue at the end uh, when he was calling out Michael, uh, you know, like saying like, Hey, how you screwed over the deal. And then the frozen Chinaman thing. And when he said like the whole, pound of flesh thing and then like my wife and then he got in his face freaking powerful acting i mean the acting in this film was just top freaking notch i mean charlie uh, hunter scene too with the kids and yes when he, when yeah, he first yeah and then intimate. pulled out that machine oh yeah, yeah i was yeah, like how how where, it, where was he hiding that thing how it ends in that with the machine gun but it, but when he's first taunting yeah. them because at first i wasn't sure about the dynamics I, in the beginning of this journey I wasn't sure, like, okay, am I not going to be on the same page as everyone who's recommended this movie? Because I'm not exactly loving the way that, because it was a lot of information to kind of be keeping up with. Like, it's throwing you into this world, and it's starting off into Mikey's perspective. Yeah. And uh, it's going by pretty quick in a way where you're like, oh, you got to keep up with that guy, Richie, you know, energy and pace. And eventually, I'm not sure when it was, when it was like, oh, I'm really starting to like uh, a groove. I'm vibing with the movie now, you know, because it is like a dance, this film. And you got to kind of like as an audience, ever got to, you know, dance your way with the film as well. And and there was a I don't know when the when the when the pivot point happened for me, when I really started to like it, because because in the beginning, I was a little unsure of like, oh, am I not going to love this in the same way how I feel like people might expect us to love this yeah, movie? I loved it. But once you attune to it um, and you and you really get a sense of, of the style yeah. and the fact that it can be, yeah, British banter with some fun, 
plot twists, all the all the machinations that you love of a Guy Ritchie experience, yet with um, I think a li- I mean he always has heart. That's another thing too. You know, like I think a lot of people often compare Guy Ritchie to like, oh, you know, he's British Tarantino. I think he's a little bit more. I don't think he's that. Like I, I see the similarities, of course, especially with this one, with that has so much cinematic references yeah. throughout in the cinematic uh, meta-ness, which I is something... I was going to say, I love that so much. Like, Tarantino especially loves to call attention to that in a lot of his films, uh-huh. and I don't really associate Guy... I see Guy Ritchie pay homage and tribute. I don't really see his characters... Unless I'm just completely forgetting. I don't really hear his characters often do that, where this was so about that, you know? from this unreliable narrator standpoint of Hugh Grant talking about pitching a film, ending with pitching a film that gets so meta by the end to the point he's at Miramax, yeah. you know, uh, it, which I thought was really fun and cheeky, uh, but in a way that I think complements the experience of this movie. And and so I, I understand when people compare like it, him to Tarantino, but I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like they're, they're one and the same, honestly. I think they're very, I think there's so much differences between them and especially in like the mood mm-hmm. and the editing style. Whereas this is a little bit more of a patient version of, I would say of a, it's still fast and energetic. It's, I don't know if the, it's a slow, it's not as, not as fast as like a snatch or a lock stock, yeah. I would say, but I wouldn't call it slow either. Whatever the word is to make me sound smart, put that word there, apply it here. And Tarantino is usually a lot more deliberate regardless. And, and I think Guy Ritchie is, is much more tuned to like, yeah, you know, writes for the edit in a lot of ways. And, and as usual, I mean, the nonlinear storytelling, just again, very meticulous and very well executed because you can really screw that up with bad editing and not, you know, putting mm-hmm. it in the right spot. So I thought it once again, like he clearly loves going to that technique of nonlinear storytelling. Him and Christopher Nolan clearly love that angle. And yeah. again, if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Big thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this video. A real game changer I've been using for years. That's right years. So whenever they want to work with us, it's an instant yes. You've likely heard about ExpressVPN for online privacy and security, but there's more to it than that. However, there was a very real incident recently with Spectrum shutting down my internet and contacting me due to a suspecting hacking attempt. And funny enough, I realized I hadn't actually activated my ExpressVPN on my new laptop that I got a couple of months ago. So I was paying the consequences. Having faced a serious hacking issue on YouTube a couple years ago, that made ExpressVPN my go-to for both security and freedom. I mean it. And yes, what you've is true. Believe me, this channel knows. You can use ExpressVPN to watch movies and shows on Netflix that are not available in your country. This means accessing a vast array of content of over 100 countries, like a global cinema at your fingertips. It's super easy. Open ExpressVPN, switch locations, refresh the browser, and there you have it. Whether it's K-dramas on South Korean Netflix, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, or more, ExpressVPN has you covered. And it's incredibly fast, ensuring no buffering or lag for smooth HD streaming. It's versatile too, working on not just computers, but phones, media consoles, smart TV, TVs and more. This means you can enjoy your favorite shows on anywhere, any screen. Protect and elevate your internet experience. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link, expressvpn.com slash rejects. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash rejects. So head to expressvpn.com slash rejects to learn more. 
Thank you again. Thrilled to be partnering with a brand I've been using for nearly two years now, and that's Harry's Razors. I'm generally more drawn to anything that goes against the norm, and Harry's does just that in the grooming world. They saw the high prices in the industry and decided to blaze their own trail with quality and affordability. I keep a beard, but whenever you see these cheeks and the neck clean, then that's the work of Harry's right there. Keeps my wife happy, and Harry's makes it effortless. They're precision blades that cut smoothly with less drag, making every shave satisfying. And yes, it's versatile for other areas too, you know what I mean? So as a Harry's devotee, I can vouch for their value. You can experience unparalleled comfort and quality in your grooming routine where exceptional craftsmanship meets affordability, making a smart choice for a top-notch shave without breaking the bank. Their kits and value packs for shaving are unbeatable, but Harry's is not just about shaving. Again, they offer top quality, thoughtfully designed grooming products, including shampoo, conditioner, and amazing body wash without the premium price. Quality, affordability, that's a thesis of this. Now these I actually pulled right from my own bathroom. I regularly use their five blade razor with a nice weighted handle and their foaming shave gel. Man, this that ball, it is a game changer. I just like the feel of it. Now I have to commit to keeping this in my hand the whole time because I'm not going to go to the bathroom in the middle of shooting this. The handles, they feel perfectly balanced and the razor sleek design is a classy addition to my bathroom. And the quality of the shave, unparalleled. Gotta reiterate, keep part of my weekly grooming ritual because their entire range of products fits seamlessly into my routine. Stephano reshoots here. Their German engineer blades are durable and refill plans are economical. Rarely use the word economical, but I'm using it now. Plus their commitment to high customer satisfaction and no risk trial makes Harry's a no brainer this gel really does feel good. Let me say once more, choosing Harry's means quality and affordability. By grabbing your $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com rejects, you're not only getting a great deal, but you're also supporting this channel. That's harrys.com rejects for your $3 trial set. Stay sharp and embrace the extraordinary with Harry's. Till next time, Reject Nation. Till next time. Oh my God, and Henry Golding as well. Another guy who played, I've, I've seen this guy in two movies. We interviewed him once for Snake Eyes. Oh, cool. Um, and Snake Eyes, which I know didn't get great reviews. Really nice guy. We talked to him. He was really funny. Called John and I. He said we look like James Silent Bob. Really? <laughs> yeah, he said we look like, you guys look like Clark. Jayden Silent Bob. Especially the time when we interviewed okay. him. Like, we had longer hair and bigger beards. I, yeah. I did too. Yeah. And he called, he's like, you look Everybody like Clark. That, that was the funniest thing. Interesting. I got to watch that uh, interview. Uh, yeah, so we got to meet him. A really nice guy, and uh, you know, we, we saw uh, he did that some Christmas movie with Amelia Clark. I forget what it was. That Christmas movie, Crazy Rich Asians. Most people know from that. Love them. And the guy wasn't even an actor; he was a host, and he mm. got Crazy Rich Asians. Mm. Now he's found himself in this world of acting, and I love seeing him play uh, so against type. Like I think he did something with his teeth because I'm pretty yeah. sure the guy's perfect teeth. Yeah, and uh, and he he embodied like a nastiness, and I love Guy Ritchie you know, casting actors who kept playing against type. Like Matthew McConaughey was the, probably the only one who did what I would expect Matthew McConaughey to do. And he does a great job. He's great in Phenomenal. the movie. Like he's very, he's just unbelievably natural at it. At the same time, you're like, yeah, I don't know anything about this movie, yet this is exactly what I expected from Matthew McConaughey in this film. Uh, just that suaveness, that debonair quality that he brings, uh, yet, you know, he could be like a total badass, slick monologues, the way he carries that dialogue with that Southern charm. Uh, yeah, I thought he was excellent, but everyone else, the cast of characters that were surrounded by, were they all played so much of them played against type or just did something I hadn't really quite seen before. Yeah. Like Colin Farrell's done such a variety of roles that I wouldn't really call it like against type. Uh, but 
Hugo Ranch. But definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was very much uh, uh, just, dazzled by it. Yeah, I was not expecting that from Hugh Grant just because I'm so used to seeing certain type of roles from him. And like I said, if I closed my eyes and was listening to that voice, I would never say that's Hugh Grant. So, I mean, that was, like you said, his character was completely fully fleshed and I really loved him. I'd probably say him and Colin Farrell were my favorite in terms of characters in this film, but... All the acting was superb in this. I mean, I, watching Charlie, Andrew, I'm paying for two and a half hours. So give me like 10 more minutes of you. Okay. All right, Matt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It stays in the video. Let's, let's do this. I'm <laughs> just going to talk about the gentleman. I'm, I'm done talking. I don't even want to talk more. I'm just going to make up shit to talk about. All right, man. let's do it. What we got to talk about? Charlie Hunnam, what you think? Oh, I, this movie was making me go. I would love to see Charlie Hunnam and Colin Farrell. In the like, series. Like, uh, not just, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a great wish. Uh, but but to do a movie together or, or like to star in the next guy, because even though they don't have a lot of scenes together, mm -hmm. they had that impact when those two were on screen. Yes. Of this chemistry that I sort of felt was unmatched between anybody else. It's like Charlie Hunnam is usually paired up with Matthew McConaughey here. Yep. But there was something about the dynamics and the chemistry between those two characters and the way they riffed off of each other. A lot of times in just expressions that they would kind of share uh, to each other that I thought may, that, that really made me go, wow, I want to see these two characters come back or I want to see them starring another Guy Ritchie film together or starring something together because uh, their chemistry to me had so much conveyed and communicated when they weren't even speaking a lot of the time. Yeah. And they were the two that I thought did that the strongest out of this wonderful ensemble of characters. Yeah. You know? They only had a couple of scenes together, but yeah, the way they were emoting in their facial expressions, it was just like so infectious to watch. I just, yeah, for sure. And I love so the good. unexpectedness too, of like the gangster children. <laughs> like oh the, yes. The yes. kids who grew up in the rough side of the, the streets and they, but they kind of, you grow up in these streets, you find a way, a life of crime. That's kind of like the, where, where you get the guiding mentor role of Colin Farrell coming in who wants to steer kids clear from that. Like I said, it's it's grounded in a world, but there's also world building. You know? And Greg, they gave us one of the greatest rap songs ever put on film. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I thought the unexpectedness of that was great because when they're all coming in one at a time at the marijuana farm, you th you're thinking they're all going to beat up these kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With like one guy's coming yeah. in after another, like, all right, they're about to get the crap beaten out of them. And then they play the footage and you find out, never mind, <laughs> that's not the case at all. Again, that's Guy Ritchie's style, just revealing something later on. I love it. Oh, no, this is a very... Oh, I think it's a sequel show. Uh... Because it's following a guy, Eddie Halstead, inherits a large estate from his father, unaware it was from Pearson's Drug Empire. Huh. Yeah. Oh, oh, Giancarlo Esposito's in it? Oh. As a criminal? Oh, so yeah, it's got to be a sequel show. That makes my... I'm more happy about that. I'd rather not watch that than a remake. Yeah, yeah, of course. And Guy Ritchie's involved, I would assume. But even that, with like these estates who, are, who, who, who keep the cash flow coming in yes. via... This illegal weed market the, the, uh, dealing is is a really uh, compelling, again, world building. Yeah, that, that it's like so. I, I was gonna say, even if they didn't do the sequel series, I would have been fascinated if they, even if they didn't get Matthew McConaughey back, like you could have casted a younger version, just showing like how he came up with the whole idea. Even though they kind of showed that in uh, just what he was talking about with uh, Mike. 
Michael, I believe the character's name was, or Matthew. It was, uh, it was hard for me to wrap my head around because Matthew is is not Matthew McConaughey. He's the yeah. a fine boy and the guy who dicks him over. Yes, yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, that would have been interesting. But again, just continuing on that that whole thing with the estates and all that. Yeah, that's so compelling and fascinating in itself that I think that warrants what they're going to do with the uh, series. And yeah, that fascinates me enough to want to continue on watching with that. I think that's a the smart way to go story-wise. Holy shit. Okay, fun facts time. Hugh Grant filmed the scenes with Charlie Hunnam in five days. He had to deliver over 40 pages of dialogue during this shoot. Jesus. 40 pages of dialogue wow. in five days. And like, if, with that tough acting. accent, too. Whoa. That's not easy. Oh, they didn't even... Hugh Grant never met Matthew McConaughey yeah, during didn't the filming. Have, they didn't, have, didn't have any scenes. They didn't have any scenes together. Raymond's Grill was designed by Guy Ritchie. Cool. Wow, so much of this is about uh, uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Grant wrote a cheat sheet the night before he was scheduled to shoot. His car was broken into. The robber <laughs> took his script and the cheat sheet, so Grant needed to go without oh, them. Damn. Oh, no. That's, that's not tough. <laughs> oh, Guy Ritchie uh, is, wrote the TV miniseries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. That's what it said. It was Guy Ritchie working on it. Um, when, when you called that one. Ritchie Brewery. You Ritchie called Brewery that one. Actually, is this in its own by director Guy Ritchie. Oh, okay. Oh, funny. I just thought that was him just putting his, his own Easter egg. I mean, I, I think the company is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G. But Ritchie, yeah. Oh, funny. There were no table readings for the film. So like, Guy Ritchie had the cast do full rehearsals with multi-angle camera. More, more natural that way. Ritchie would then review footage of the scenes and revise the script accordingly. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Like I said, I think it came out more natural that way. I mean, I think when it comes to acting, he knows how to cast. He knows oh, yeah. how to cast and he knows how to get his... I think that's why actors, you know, even though some of his films kind of like mixed review, like reviews from the critics, acting actors was, come yeah. back to work with him for a reason. Yeah. Know? No, I have not seen... Again, I, I I didn't really watch Aladdin I, or I watched 10 minutes. I didn't really give it a chance. But every film I've ever watched of his act, actors-wise and acting performance and directors-wise, I've always thought like, I've loved all the performances I've watched for sure. So I can see why, like, I would imagine being on a Guy Ritchie set and working for him. They love working with him. And I see that Henry Cavill is about to do another film with him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think the is coming out. Uh, Guy Ritchie, or it's out by the time this video drops. Yeah. Guy Ritchie has a deep interest in fashion and was very concerned with the wardrobe for the film concerned i'm concerned about the way the wardrobe is going to, to prepare charlie hunter for his role richie took him clothing shopping to get a feel for his character and it's funny because part of the script is a uh, is about uh you know the the importance of wardrobe uh very early on in the story many of michelle doctor's monologues were written or rewritten on the day of shooting she had mere hours to memorize changes Jesus, before she, i can't shooting. even imagine how tough that was oh kate beckinsale was originally cast for the role of Rosalind. Oh, that's that's the wife right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, could I could totally see her. Do, I I still think Michelle Dockery did fantastic, but I could totally see Kate Beckinsale doing that role. The tracksuits for all around the gang were custom. Man, the fat the attention of fashion are very important. Sting. Uh, we just talked about Sting. I accidentally mentioned Sting before we started filming too. Though never mentioned the movie, fans found an Easter revealing Fletcher's first name to be Peter. At around six minutes on the cover of the screenplay, Peter Fletcher can be seen in the bottom left corner. Ah. That is a funny reference. Working tells were tough guys and Bush. Nah, the gentleman. It's more universal. His character regrets that his character was based on General Sleaze. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I've tried to see if there's any quick fun fact. No, not as fun. Not as fun. Not as fun. We got to watch uh, Legend of the Sword. Mm. Oh, King Arthur. Oh, wasn't Charlie Hunnam in that one? Yeah, he plays King Arthur. Mm. And yeah, like you said, actors love coming back to work with Guy Ritchie. Got to see Brad Pitt come back to do another film with Guy Ritchie. That I want to see. It's usually like the A-list, um, you know, white guys who don't come back. Mm. Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey Robert, Down, Robert Downey Jr., Brad Pitt. I'm like, okay. nope, we're one and done. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Robert Downey came back for the sequel. Well, I, I mean, nothing other, else, other yeah. than a sequel, we're, yeah. we're one or two and done with you. After that, it's like, no, never mind. We're yeah. too famous. Yeah. We got shit to do. Um, but yeah, man, I would give this, oh, music, great, everything great. Always and, picks out great songs in his films. I mean, he can do no wrong when it comes to the music. I can't wait to see the show. I hope the show's good. If he's not directing it, do I really want to watch it? Though? I feel well, like his voice is part, part of the voice of it is his direction. Yeah, well, as long as he's a creator and a writer, I'd be fascinated just to take a look at it at, at minimum. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he at least did an episode. I mean, they said it was eight episodes, so I wouldn't be surprised if he did an episode. I Probably mean, the pilot. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, even Tim Burton did at like what four or five episodes of Wednesday, and yeah. he's about and he's doing Beetlejuice too right now. So yeah, got to imagine he did at least one. Uh, but I don't know, but I mean, as long as he's writing, creating it, I'm gonna at least have a look at it for sure because I was just so fascinated by this world. It must mean it's a big film. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, guys, what do you think about the gentleman? What would you rate it down below? Is there anything in here, Andrew? Before I let you go, that you think you did not like or could have been improved? <laughs> Uh, hard to say right now, but overall, um, no, it was pretty, for the most part, I loved it. Um, another great Guy Ritchie film. Uh, so far, I have not seen any films of his where I did not like. Uh, I just love his stylistic choices. I love non the way he uh, utilizes nonlinear storytelling. Those where he comes back to reveal things, uh, subversion of expectations. I uh, just really solid director. I love the comparison you made uh, in our Man from Uncle video where. He obviously does not get the recognition, and I'm not saying he's as great, but he's really damn close in my mind uh, to Christopher Nolan. I know take that with what you will, um, but you know, uh, I just really big fan of his, and I'm so glad this journey we're getting to go on of watching his films. He's damn good. Yeah, especially in terms of precision and calculation of how yeah. he how he does things. You know, um, yeah, they make very different films, but yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, of course. All righty, guys, thank you for being here. And uh, we'll talk with you all soon.